I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Smashbox TV's podcast 471. Welcome back to the United States, Terry Miller. You were a traveling man. Yeah, I heard you put me in a different country. I did. I At some point, I just, I thought you said, uh, I th- honestly, I think I thought you said Croatia, uh-huh, no. and you were not there, and said no. you were in Estonia and Brussels, which I went back and looked at the text message you sent me after the, sh- after the podcast, and I was like, oh, I was way off. I just, yeah. you know, but. Who knows? With you, you just never know. No. You could have ended up in Croatia. International man of mystery. That's what I'm going for. Uh, Yes. So good to be back. I was thinking as I was just uh, logging or or, or creating a little Instagram story for tonight that we've had a couple of crazy weeks. Uh, You were gone for a week or two. I was kind of here and there. And then we pushed back a day because we had the opening uh, day of Worlds. And then last week I was on a plane to, at that time, Brussels and then eventually Estonia. So yeah, back in the saddle for a normal night tonight. Tomorrow I'll be back on another plane and out to Bend. And next week, next week I likely will be in Bend or maybe Portland. But I'll probably be in Oregon next Tuesday night. and Even uh, you don't know. We'll get it figured out one way or another. So welcome in, everyone. Right off the top of the show, just quickly say uh, congratulations to our two champions from the PEI this last weekend, Ella Hansen and Eagle McMahon. I had reached out to both of them recently and asked if they would be able to join. Both of them both have very busy schedules with things going on. And uh, Eagle went as far as also saying... It's past his bedtime for this week, which I completely understand. When we have East Coast guests and East Coast nights, I know things get uh, a little a little more hectic. If Eagle has a good week at MVP, say he wins, I bet she makes time next week because there isn't an event coming up. So I bet he could push his bedtime back a little bit. Um, instead, obviously, all these players are in or getting into Boston area at this point. And getting ready for the MVP Open. And we have somebody who knows a lot about the MVP Open. 
or who will probably change the name of it by the time the tournament rolls around. You, you, you never know. You never know. He loves to do that. And, of course, we're talking about the first ever Smashbox TV guest, Steve Dodge. Hi, Steve. Steve. Hey, guys. Wow. Is that uh, that's this? the family picture of when you guys uh, were working on the Christmas tree farm out there in uh, Maple Hill. That's right. And the person in the center of the ring there is my grandma, Ann. And she's, she's the lady that started it all for me. And uh, those guys, were, that, was, that picture was taken on the front porch of Maple Hill, where we will be playing disc golf in two days. It's here, Steve. First of all, welcome, of course. Uh, but it's here. MVP Open. Is this the number one priority of yours? Year-round? Year-round. No, not, not counting my family. Yeah, yes, uh, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Death and the girls matter a little bit. <laughs> oh, my God. And I have a new grandson. Uh, Jess's daughter Abby has a son Gus, who turned literally turned one two days ago. So what? Yeah, but yeah, it's amazing. Uh, I have a video. If you want, I can. Oh, I'm on my phone. Rat. Um, I have a video on my phone of him walking. It's super cute. Uh, if I could, maybe I could flip it around. Uh, yeah, we'll that be work. Right. We'll be. Uh, right. Plus, it took him till one to walk. <laughs> get at me at nine months when i then i'll be impressed all right <laughs> all right sorry sorry Ted. speaking um, of impressive look at that beard it's looking it's looking uh nice and full and white. thick and looking good <laughs> so stress, i like it stress looks good on me, stress looks good on me. <laughs> but to answer your question and i don't understand how your podcast goes so long with a tangent um to answer your question yes the mvp open as far as work goes for me, this is this is my uh, my number one job right now. Let's start there then with how how I mean, at the end of every event, you you bring usually the champions into the room, uh, the sap house or wherever they they have words with your volunteers and the incredible staff that you have, and then at what point are you genuinely planning for the next year? Because I'll tell you what the right answer is, but let's hear yours. Well, we've we've already started planning for the next year. I was I was going to say, you know, it's already happening. The planning for next yeah. year is already happening, and just the final details are probably uh, for this year are just being finalized. So, dare yeah, I then ask what what are the changes? uh adjustments what what are all the big things we'll get right into it what are the big things we need to know about this year's iteration of the mvp or next year's if you want to go if you want (laughs) to go on a tangent if you really want to tease it out i mean (laughs) let's start selling next year's tickets um no this year the big changes uh i would say there are courses course changes infrastructure changes and then uh Spectator-centric changes would be the three ways to look at it. Regarding course changes, uh, for the first time ever, we're going to be introducing new pin positions. We've seen this starting to happen at other courses, at other events. And on holes, uh, for the women, on holes two and three, 
And for the men on holes one, two, and three, uh, we're going to have uh, easier pin position. And the reason we're, uh, just for those first three holes. And the reason we're doing that is because uh, moving day, which is the third, we're only doing this on day three also. Uh, and moving day, uh, I want, if you're in on the third or the fourth card, I want you to get birdie, birdie, birdie to start the, start the round and you just launch yourself up the leaderboard. And when the lead card goes off, there's just a mosh of people up there. Obviously, in a few holes, the lead card will have played those and things will settle down a little bit again. But I want moving day to feel like moving day and get a bunch of people off to a good positive start and make it really exciting for the spectators so that they can just see a whole bunch of people with an opportunity to move up on the lead card. And so you only, want to, you only want to do that on day three. You don't want to go like one and three, two and four, kind of make that, it. That is correct. Oh, okay. <laughs> and the, the, the reason, so we were looking at this and like, okay, let's say we want to put another pin position on hole one. Where would we put it? And we're like, why? We already put it where we would put it. And uh, moving it five feet to the left seems silly to us. Um, so unless we can like cut a new fairway or or do something significant, it doesn't make any for, for, it doesn't make sense to me to just make a hole a little bit shorter. Making it easier for a purpose, I can I can understand a reason for that. Um, but maybe if you cut a new fairway, you could have alternate pin position. So on days one and three it goes to the right, and days two and four it goes, and then that's that's a legit reason to do that. So and actually. Um, while I did have that idea kind of baking in the back of my head, uh, I did have a nice talk with Aaron Gossage a couple of days ago, and he, he kind of planted that idea a little more firmly in my head, which I thought was, which I appreciate. Hmm. Oh, so that's, that's, that's one of the course changes. I have, there's a lot. Okay. I, Go for it. We'll just run through, run, run through the course changes real quick. Hole seven for the women is about 40 feet longer. Holes one and 16 are about 40 feet shorter. Um, one and 16 were hard to score for them. And so we wanted to give them opportunities to get the birdies seven. Uh, we basically made a new tee and we liked the pin position. It, it makes the hole a little more challenging. Um, I admit I didn't base the, the change on the stats. I based the change on trying to make them give them a tee that we wouldn't drive over. When we drive over it, it gets muddy and gets slipped. Like, so we just built a new tee. Um, so that was, that was based primarily off of, uh, just making sure they don't slip. I guess you could say safety, but um, and then for the men, uh, we changed hole nine. We built a new fairway, uh, so instead of it being a basically a three and a half, now it's a four and a half. Um, although in both instances we called it a four, so um, yeah. I expect players will get will basically add a stroke to their to their round. Um, so those are the course changes. Uh, we're also tightening the OB on hole 17 and 18, just like we normally do, just to make it a little bit harder each year. Um, my goal on 18 is to make it, get it to the point where if you have a two-stroke lead, you still have to execute some good shots as opposed to you can just safely play from the four. So you still need to execute good shots to save a two-stroke lead if the other person's going for the birdie. Um, as far as infrastructure goes, we basically built a lot of new roads, we built new bleachers. We built, um, uh, we, we built a, we, we're building a bathroom addition onto the staff house 
And then for the spectators, we tried to focus on exactly what um, what the spectators are going to do each night. So if you come to watch the tournament on Thursday, you get to go to the Players Fly Mart. And if you come to watch on Friday, you get to go to the 20K CTP giveaway. And if you come on Saturday, you get to be part of the Ice Cream Social and watch the pool ball races and just have a really fun party. Uh, and if you come on Sunday, obviously you get to watch the pond jump. So just trying to dial in um, the after round events, keeping the concept of the festival alive, uh, the festival of the flying disc alive in a in a more compact uh, package. Okay. Yeah, and I have you found that there's there's been a fall off when it comes to the after round activities or is it just a no brainer that people stick around? And I asked this specifically because it, and I, and again, I understand certain circumstances, but it was rainy, you know, during the first day of worlds, that was the fly Mart. And unfortunately, like there was zero people, everybody, you know, it was a long day for everybody. People were wet, everything else. And maybe that's always just going to happen on a rainy day. But is, do you feel like keeping people around is a separate challenge in itself? Uh, I, I would say it's funny. Of course, it's a separate challenge. One challenge is building the course. One challenge is entertaining the spectators and they are, they are distinct things. So yes, it's absolutely a separate challenge. It is also a very worthwhile challenge. Um, making sure the spectators are, that, that they can follow the cards or they can sit in one location and feel comfortable and have all the amenities that they want. Those are, those are important. Um, I'll just say out loud, we're asking a lot of our spectators. We open the gates at 8. We close the gates at 8. Uh, a 12-hour day of viewing a sporting <laughs> event uh, is, is, actually, is actually very difficult. Um, so making sure that we have things to do for them uh, and keep them engaged is, is part of what we do. Um, for example, Friday night, the 20K giveaway, 15 minutes after the final putt drops, we're going to get everybody over to hole one. And they're all going to watch people. We're they're going to watch us give away twenty thousand um, dollars. Basically, we've got uh, we we paid a little over twenty thousand dollars for the insurance last year. This year, they were really dragging their feet on the policy. And I said, hold on a second. Rather than give you twenty thousand dollars, why don't we just give twenty thousand dollars to all the people that are right here? And that's like rather than not giving away a million dollars, let's just actually give away twenty thousand dollars. And so I'll just say right now, if you're a fan uh, that's coming on Friday, definitely get in on that raffle because the payout is much bigger than the pay in. And <laughs> you have an opportunity to walk away after watching these guys, entertain, guys and ladies entertain you uh, for six to eight hours. You can then walk away with 500 bucks and, and get to meet some really cool people. Yeah. So I saw your post a few weeks ago now, it feels like maybe it was a month or two. But you were asking about you. You kind of just laid that out and said, "Hey, rather than doing insurance stuff, um, right. what were some of the responses? What did you entertain? And, and maybe give us the exact details if you could, just so I know for the broadcast. What exactly did you consider, and then how will this unfold? Uh, so basically, elaborate on what you were just saying. So we had a uh, we had a Facebook contest, and we asked people, we're, "We've got twenty thousand dollars. How do we give it away?" And we got a lot of really great ideas. My, I think my favorite idea was someone said, uh, hire Kiss to play a, band, uh, a live show from a helicopter. 
um, ah. which uh, I think they were books. What would you do um, with the other fifteen grand? <laughs> 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 right. Like. <laughs> well said. Well said. Um, so that was a great idea. But anyway, so then once we got all those ideas, um, me and my brother, who is the other co-founder of Boater Brothers, uh, and my niece, Sarah, who's, who's getting really involved in the MVP Open, we all sat down and said, okay, now let's, let's try to put all these together into something that's moderately easy to explain, can happen nice and quickly, and guarantees we're going to give this money away. Okay. And so basically, we're, we're having CTP. It's a CTP bracket contest where you'll, you'll have, you know, just pick two players that can throw real far, real well. And so you've got, you've got Calvin Heimberg and Simon the Zot there, and they both throw a disc at a target that's 480 feet away. Whoever gets closest advances, and you, you hand them 100 bucks or 500 bucks or whatever, whatever round it is, and you hand the other person a smaller amount of money and say, thank you very much, go sit down. And additionally, you have uh, spectators coming out to shake their hands, say hello, and then if, for example, Johnny, you get Simon, and Terry, you get Calvin, and then Simon wins because he's from here, and Calvin loses because he's not from here. That's how we do it. Mm-hmm. Is everybody laughing? I can't see. <laughs> yep. Yep. You're fine. Okay. okay. <laughs> I got it. Okay. So then Simon wins. So then we hand Johnny a hundred dollars, and we tell Terry, "Thank you for playing." And that's and then it moves on. And then if Simon wins again, we hand Johnny another hundred dollars. And if Simon wins again, we hand him another, I think it's two fifty. If you, if Simon wins the whole thing, Johnny will walk away with close to $500 and it's, it's so much fun. And then we do the same thing for the late. Huh? And, yeah. uh, are we still going? I like it. It's unique for sure. And like you said, it's guaranteed somebody. So it's not like just a hope and a prayer that, yeah, somebody's so going to be understand. walking away with money. And Terry, just so you understand on the broadcast, I, are you doing commentary? I don't know. Yes, I am. Yeah. Are we going to be live for that, I assume? Uh, we will be live for okay, that. Okay, so I'm going to get paid for overtime? It, it's fine. <laughs> mm. I, I'm not writing your checks anymore. So <laughs> Let's not go there. Come on. <laughs> as, as if I ever did. Yeah. Um, so... <laughs> A little too close to the bone. Uh, too, soon. Um, too soon. Too soon. <laughs> Five years. Too soon. Too soon. Yeah. Yeah. Um, where was I going with that? Uh, oh, the fight in the final round. So Calvin and Simon are in the finals. Mm-hmm. Calvin throws to thirty feet away. Simon throws to twenty feet away. And then what? What is what we've done right there is we've just set the order. So now Simon gets to go first. And as soon as the first person to throw inside the circle win mm. and so at that so uh the the goal there is no matter what the very last row will have everybody cheering and saying yay someone did it so okay. the very last row is a guaranteed excitement happy someone succeeded and we all get to go home on a positive note as opposed to okay uh. albert tom is the last <laughs> person throwing and he missed he missed by about 200 feet. Yeah. So, uh, it was, it was a very funny and entertaining shot, but, uh, it was, uh, it was anticlimactic. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Sarah, you haven't asked, you have not asked about what ice cream I'm eating tonight. It's probably Rocky road. 
No, I never. I've never done Rocky Road. No, it's not. What uh, I haven't. I haven't seen it. We know Terry loves Blue Uh, Moon. Looks like is it like some kind of vanilla bean pistachio something or other? Where's my camera? I don't know. Does that show up? Not very well. It's cookie chocolate chip cookie dough. Oh shit! Yeah, that's that's where it's at. Okay, pretty good. I can get on board with that. So and then wait, wait. What's the winning shot Wait, though? How much? Slow down, buddy. Slow down, buddy. Whose show is this? <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> We've never known. I do have a favor to ask of both of your listeners. Uh, yeah. uh-huh. Nick and Matt. Um, they're both our listeners. <laughs> <laughs> you see their fan. They got to get their content somewhere. Yeah, they, you see their fan badge. <laughs> uh. um, so. We are looking next. We have an ice cream social every year. And right now I just literally go to Walmart and buy those one gallon jugs. And it's, it's a horrible way to do an ice cream social. Mm -hmm. We need a creamery. We need a Ben and Jerry's. We need a hood. Someone to sponsor the ice cream social. I mean, it it could be, it could be Amazon. I I don't, I do care a little bit who sponsors it. I'd like it to be an ice cream company. Mm. And I, I want, if anybody out there listening knows an ice cream company that would like to be involved at the number one course in the world and a pretty darn good tournament in the world and help us give ice cream to a thousand people, I want them to reach out to me and I'm being a hundred percent serious. And this is part of our improvements for 2024. So just to, that's the kind of things we're talking about. So Have I you thought about moving your event to Vermont. What's up there? Ben and Jerry's. Never heard of them. Oh, never. Yeah, that's, a, that's they got a good one. course or two. Maybe they, I'm going to bet they need to advertise. <laughs> uh, <laughs> There's got to be a Boston-based creamery that you could finagle and work no, with. No, here's the deal: people can recommend things. Of course, I want a contact yeah. at a creamery that can help us make this happen. Yeah. If you know, if you know somebody. Don't just email me Ben and Jerry's. No. Email, yeah. email me Ben. Here's Ben's email. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Say he's my uncle. Call him. Okay. So, uh, sorry. That was a, uh, maybe I'm going to hand the show back over. No, I, I I was just thinking like if we actually know anyone, we're not in a good state for it really, but if we knew anyone, not a lot of dairy products here. <laughs> um, if we knew, <laughs> I don't know anybody that works in an ice cream factory. I really, I don't think I do either. Then again, Steve also often thinks we're in like Michigan, so he's not really even sure what what we, state we're. We in. did grow up with uh, with Andy Kemp's, yeah, and and I think his family was somehow tangentially related to the Kemp's, uh, the the Kemp's Dairy Company that did ice cream. And, yeah. and milk. So, All right. I mean, I have to, I'd have to reach out to an elementary school person who I haven't talked to in forty years. Yeah, is it is watching? So, Maybe. if Andy? if if a company just wanted to lay down a a write a check that wasn't an ice cream company ballpark, that what do you not, think that would that would that was not an ice cream company? Yeah, that's not an ice cream company that says, "Hey, we'd like to still be sponsors of this." Of the ice cream social? Yeah, what do you think that um, would run? Roughly. I mean, normally, when we run to, I mean, it costs, how much is it? It's like 10 bucks for the five gallon, for the gallon jug, and we get like oh. eight of them. 
So that's like $80. Mm. So, and then we get sprinkles. I think we're, we're well in the three digits. Mm. Yeesh. I, don't know. I mean, it's a little bit for me. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, you have yeah. the runner's fee of going and picking up the ice cream. So, <laughs> and sprinkles are a totally different section of the supermarket. So, you know, there's that. They only come in those <laughs> tiny little jars. So you do 50 of them. Whereas you weirdos out there on the East coast call them Jimmy's, right? Yeah. Jimmy's. So I mean, not anymore. No, not anymore. We don't. No. Okay. That's an offensive term. <laughs> I was just going to say, <laughs> Hey, Terry. Yeah. Terry, I have a, I have a guest in my office right here. Oh, oh man. The good-looking Boater brother, finally. <laughs> <laughs> he said the good-looking Boater brother. They, they, he can't hear you, and we're going to keep it that way. But, um, he's, he's, he asked me to see if you could identify the year of this picture. Uh, you recognize would... That was with the the blue Vibram open jerseys. So that was that might have been our first year. Was that 2010? Might have been 2010 or 11. What year is it? He said 2010. Todd said, "Damn," Mm. which means which like whenever I beat Todd, well, I guess I'm still waiting, but I'm expecting he'll say, "Damn." Yeah. Yeah. Ah, the memories. So yeah, so many. Memories. Best cameraman that ever owned Maple Hill. Terry Miller. Was, we're going to put a plaque on that tree. Terry Miller was here. Uh, some trees <laughs> have had that. Yeah. <laughs> some trees know me very well. As a few trees around the country that could say that. <laughs> yeah. I've had a few ice cream socials out there. <laughs> <laughs> and then right above it was a Todd's butt was here. <laughs> <laughs> to say i'd like to sponsor the ice cream social but i can't imagine awesome. doing that without physically being there so it's it's not going to happen with me this year you should be here and you should serve it whoever sponsors this should definitely send a representative to yeah. help us serve it. yeah that's a good call mm. yeah okay well we'll talk to so that's, andy that's kemps my, that's my plea to you okay. guys fair enough and i will give... so actually you asked how much and this sponsorship is actually going to be a thousand more dollars than I thought, mm. because whoever finds us an ice cream sponsor, I will fly them out here and give them a gold pass next year, Damn. and have them help serve ice cream with us. Okay. That, yeah. What? I'm not kidding. So this goes but right into one of our, our, our additional points, which is it's great that you're going to recruit someone to go get you. More money, and then when you bring them in after they've done that, they get to work for you. So this this is lining up with the next with the next point, which is uh, somebody was challenging. They're clearly new here. They were challenging the volunteers' pay to volunteer policy, and so let's talk about it. Um, well, that's funny because this is first so. Of all, that person's not doing all that work to oh, work yeah. for me. They're doing that work to work with me because I'll be serving ice cream right next. Oh, to okay. Okay. I'm I'm part of the prize. Yes. Who wears the apron? Yeah. Who gets their choice of apron? Uh, Jeff chooses first. Oh, okay. I used to work in an oh. ice cream shop. That's true. Yeah. So my brother used to work in an ice cream yeah. shop. My very first job was like a, it was called Hanets. It was a family ice cream joint. I had to wear 
white dickies with a white short sleeve shirt, uh, a pink apron, and a little white paper cap. I lasted about a week and a half before I more or less said, I can't deal with this anymore. And I went and worked, I went and worked in an electronics store. <laughs> a little more up my alley. Yeah, helping people with the brightness. That's right, exactly. <laughs> At that time, I was helping people program their VCR, but not yeah. to date yeah. myself. <laughs> so, um, I think you lasted about the right amount of time, Johnny. And I think one of your questions to all future people on this show should be, what's the shortest job time you've ever been at a job? Because you probably get some entertaining answers. I bet, yeah. 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 How about you, Steve? What was the shortest time you've been at a job? Uh, I was a car salesman for a day and a half. Did you sell a car? No, it's okay. a pretty funny story. Uh, <laughs> I, I I was asked to move some cars around. Just, oh, I hadn't been there. And, and while I was moving a car, a guy came up and said, how much for this truck? And obviously, I had no idea what I was doing. So I just brought him up to the sales manager, like the, the guy in charge of selling. Like we'd get a number from him and then go back and give the number to the customer and all this back and forth. But why be that inefficient? I'm just going to bring the customer right to this guy. And I said, this guy's interested in buying this truck. And I gave him the keys. And he said, well, we got that truck for 14. Let's try to get 17 for it. We'll start him at 21. And the guy... <laughs> The guy next to me is the customer. <laughs> said, <laughs> said, I wouldn't pay 14 for that. <laughs> and and the, sales, the guy at the sales manager was like, is he the customer? I said, yeah. He said, fuck. <laughs> it's okay. No, that, it's was okay. Important. <laughs> that was important. Uh, and I, just, I was just like, okay, this is not the place for me. <laughs> Uh, that that's a great story. Yeah, I like that. Huh? Okay. I, so that's I think, I think you should have stuck it out, though. I should, you know, uh, Misty thought so too. Because if I stuck it out for two weeks, I got a paycheck, mm. and I was like, I'm fine. I'm just gonna go. Home. <laughs> it was that was when we had first moved up to Massachusetts. The course we were just starting to build the course, and I was extremely bored. And I was like, I'll, I'm going to go see if I can sell cars. And my, to be honest, my goal was to, I wanted to change the industry and make it honest. I wanted to be like the honest car salesman. And that industry is just ridiculous. There's no chance. And it's funny because I've always thought about that as well. Like, what if you just went to a place and there just legitimately wasn't the haggling? It was like, here's the price, that, pay right. it or don't. That, and then you just, right. I mean, that's Tesla now. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, Tesla, you just. Yeah, exactly. And you can buy cars online that way now. Yeah. But this was 2003, whatever. Yeah. Huh. All right. So <clears throat> back to uh, people paying to work with you. Um, mm. So, again, the, the, clearly the guy was, quote, unquote, new here. And and uh, there's, I'm sure, plenty of newcomers to the sport that are just seeing this or just haven't realized that this has been the approach you've had now for a couple of years. So with what I'm talking about, describe it to the world exactly the, the formula and the strategy in which you've come up with for people being at Maple Hill as, I'll use the air quotes, volunteers. Uh, just just describe how you go about that. So I'll start by saying uh, when we're working with the Pro Tour, one thing that, that confuses uh, them is the nomenclature that we use. 
if you are here at Maple Hill and you are on staff, using your word volunteer, um, there, we don't have any volunteers. We only have staff. And that has that changed probably back in 2000, I think it was 18 when we started this policy. Um, and so from 2018 on, we only have staff. We have no more volunteers. <clears throat> and so when the Pro Tour guys ask us, you know, how many, how many people do you have for staff badges and how many people do you have for volunteer badges? And I'm like, we have 150 for staff badges and we have zero for volunteers. And they're just like, what? Okay. They get over it pretty quick because they understand. And they're, you know, they're, they're humans. They can adapt. But um, what we do, and I, I stole this idea from, so I, I don't remember the guy that ran Worlds out in Santa Cruz, I think, like in 2011 or 12. Yeah, time um, shot. Yeah. So he had this idea where he's going to charge volunteers to come out and volunteer at Worlds. And I thought, what a freaking nutcase. That's ridiculous. <laughs> and then I looked at what the staff got, what the volunteers got. They, I think it was $100, maybe it was $200. And they got you know food every day. They got jackets. They got, they got a lot of really good stuff, a lot of memorabilia from the tournament. And, I, and the bell went off. And I said, wow, we can make this a real experience for our staff, a positive experience. We can give them so much love in the form of merchandise and in the form of genuine emotional support because we don't have to fight and scrape to give them pizza. Like they're, they're giving us money and we're giving them equal value in merchandise. And obviously it doesn't cost us that as much as the value. And then we use the rest of that money to feed them. And it's just like, wait, perfect. Not only that, but if someone's paying $100 to come volunteer volunteer at your event, they're going to be there. Yep. Yeah. That's, it, there's no doubt. It creates accountability um, and a sense of, yeah, a sense yeah. of, uh, uh, what's worth. The other, yeah, yeah, worth and, and just accountability overall. Yeah. The, the big thing for us uh, is, we have um, we have resources to pour into our staff. Uh, we have a higher return rate than we than we had before when we had volunteers. And I'm always thankful. These these people are the lifeblood of the tournament. In 2012, I was thankful. In 2019, I was thankful. 2019, we had a higher number of people return to be on staff, and and every year since we started. That's, that's why we charge people to be on staff. Do you feel as if this model could or should be adopted by a bunch of other tournaments? Or do you feel like your event and your scenario is that much different or or unique or uh, is, yeah, it's just that much different from other events? Huh. I, that, I would not adapt it at a C tier. Hmm. Um, and I it. probably wouldn't do it at a B tier or even an A tier. But if you have, it may be nature, but if you have spectators coming and who, who are going to expect some level of professionalism, uh, I absolutely would encourage that. Um, it, it brings, it makes the, the staff accountable and it gives you resources to make their experience much more positive. Uh, money is not the be all and end all in life or not to me. Um, but money does make a lot of things easier. If I can just call Chris at Subway 
and say, hey, make me 100 sandwiches. Here's a, a, a you know, here's a breakdown of approximately what we want. Um, and I can call Steve at Northeast and say, hey, make me 40 pies each day while we're setting up the course so that we can feed the staff. And, and there's, there's never even any worry about the funding for that because these people have literally already given me that money. And then on top of that, I'm able to work with MVP. I'm able to work with Paragon. I'm able to work with, with myself, with the tournament, and get them a tremendous staff pack that has a value well over $100. Mm-hmm. So it, for me, it's, it's not even a question. If, if you have spectators at your event. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it would work at most elite series events and worlds. Well, unless I mean, worlds doesn't have the repeatability year after year after year, but there could be, you know, that that's in this day and age, many of the spectator passes are more than a hundred dollars, depending on what you're looking for and how many days. Yeah, yeah and I, uh, I also and I, go ahead. Go so. ahead. Sorry, I'm sorry. I, I was just going to say the, the the staff also get a general admission ticket when they're not working. We ask mm-hmm. them to work a minimum of three days. That can be a setup day and a breakdown day and one day of the tournament or three days of the tournament, however they want to do it. But when they're not working, they get to have a general admission pass as well. And what I was going to say is some of these spectator, or I'm sorry, some of these uh, staff situations are going to get them unique experiences that some uh, other spectators won't even get, you know, like in terms of watching, you know, whether it's Hmm. every shot, you know, because you worked whole eight that day and you got to watch every single shot or you got to, you know, whatever the case might be, you're going to get such a different experience than some other people couldn't get no matter how hard they tried. You're going to have such a cool experience in that sense. I mean, if you're work, if you're flagging whole fives green, you may see three out of the six aces the whole weekend. They might happen six feet from you or right. 10 feet from you. Yeah, and so exactly. there's, you know, some of that potential payoff as well. Um, so speaking uh, of spectators, uh, how is the spectator I, I, experience I wanna, difference? Different. Oh, I, I want, I will hit that. I want to touch on one last thing about the staff. Yeah. <clears throat> We're it, every elite series event in my world, in my opinion, should do this. Um, the way to do it, the, the hardest thing about it is starting. It's, you're literally taking a leap of faith saying, okay, we didn't charge anybody last year. and We gave you pizza, but now we want $100. But as long as you give them value and you let them know that value, they, they will follow uh, because you're giving them a better path to walk on, a much more enjoyable path that gives them true memories. And it, but that first year is the hardest. That's a hard step to take. Um, and I will say we did grandfather in anybody who was on staff in 2017, when we made people start, we asked people to start paying in 2018. If you didn't want to pay, that was fine. Like if you had already been staff for free, you, you could still volunteer. Um, and over the last five, six years, we, I think at this point we have three or four people that are still from the original volunteer days. And I love seeing these people. And I, I, I did tremendous hugs. Just like you're old school. You've been here forever, and it's 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 really fun uh, to have these people. But I want I just wanted to say that taking that first step is is the hardest part of this. But uh, the thing that I've learned, and you guys are part of this, when you put yourself out there with a positive idea, um, there are a lot of people that will support you, and you'll you'll be blown away. 
as long as your intentions are true, people will absolutely support you and make sure that you are able to, to make it to the finish line. So just put yourself out there, trust that people have your back and take the step. And then now onto your thing. Did you want to comment there? No, uh, I, I was just thinking like, of course, that's such a uh, optimistic and the favorable and right way to think about it because in the, the exact reverse of that is every time you put out this new idea, it's so easy for everyone to just poke holes in it or attempt to poke holes in it and just completely dump on it. And uh, I, I, I just want to echo your sentiment. Like, yeah, you just, you have to put it out there and, and hopefully everyone recognizes, I feel like someone's character and intentions and the people that jump on board or tag along, like those are the people you want anyway. And, Otherwise, you can just be a right. negative Nancy and a naysayer and uh, it, yeah, contrarian or whatever else. So I love it. I think a lot of people think that a lot of people are negative, which is a I don't I think I just did a double think there. But um, and when if if you look at the comments on a Facebook post that are that are quote negative, there's probably just a handful of people making fifty comments each, and there's a plethora of people mm-hmm. making. Re- rebuttal comments and there's a whole bunch of people just bothering just hit like mm-hmm. and it's the numbers I, I feel like a lot of people get overly affected by negative comments um if it's one person making 50 comments it's just one person and it's it's not 50 people and it's look at the numbers and if i mean if everybody's dumping on you maybe there's something going wrong but uh <laughs> Even at the lowest times of my life, it hasn't ever been a majority of people dumping on me. I've always had support around, you know, all the people around saying, hey, buck up. This, you know, we're getting through this. It's not easy, but we're getting through this. It's, yeah. The people that you respect and love and trust, those are the people who you should absolutely listen to. And uh, Todd, I put some signs up, and Todd, my brother, Todd, just looked at him and said, uh, I'm just going to tell you, Steve, those look bad. And it was like, <laughs> oh, thank you. Like, I know and love and trust my brother, so mm-hmm. I can confidently say this is a valid opinion. I'm not going to get hurt by it. It's just true. <laughs> so that's just the way that is. So, anyway. Graphic design uh, was, never your, was never your strength. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> but my, my strength has been not doing things. Uh, I've um, I'm the first, I'm the person willing to jump in the ring and do something so badly that the person next to me says, yeah, I, Steve, I can do a better, I can yeah. do a better than that. Move aside. So, like if I just screw this up yeah. bad enough, somebody else will take it away from me and they'll insist on doing it. Man, that, that is next level, uh, chess right there. That that's what that is, that's Steve. Right. I, I'm a meta staff. Uh, yeah. Um, so to, to your question about spectator, what was your question about spectator? No, I just, I, you'd said you had a three point kind of presentation regarding the event. And oh, I don't yeah. think we discussed what's different about the spectating experience. Oh. So the spectating experience, I, I touched on what's going on each night. And that is, that is okay. the fact that we've spread that out and we've figured out each night we want to do a specific individual thing mm-hmm. to help draw people in. So if you want to come all four nights, you've got four different things going on. Uh, although the final night is just the pawn jump, which is a significant thing, but it's not maybe actually uh, the pawn jump is great. 
so I don't want to take away that. Um, but if you want to come on any particular night, um, any particular day, there's always going to be something going on in the evening. Uh, regarding the spectators, the other things that we've improved, in my opinion, we now offer off-site parking. Um, we, we have on-site parking just as much as always, but now we're expecting about that same number of cars off-site. Uh, we've hired a shuttle service, which was a pretty penny. If anybody wants to sponsor a shuttle service, let me know. Oh, my gosh. Um, so if I we, get to be the driver of the shuttle. shuttle. <laughs> yeah, only if you let me come in. <laughs> Steve, I've got you guys run the podcast. Get an ice cream truck, an extended ice cream truck that also oh, that's a great idea. hold people and then serve ice cream, yeah. killing two birds with one stone. An ice cream shuttle truck. An ice cream bus. It's- Perfect. Yeah. See what James I, Conrad is doing with his bus. Maybe he's got, I mean, an MVP or the perfect tie-in right there. Yeah, I, I don't yeah. know. I, I don't want to do all the work here for you and, and think too much, but I'm just saying. And I think I think MVP is from Wisconsin, and there's a lot of dairy products in Wisconsin. <laughs> yes, exactly. Nailed it. <laughs> yes, they're headquartered right here in, in Wisconsin. Yes. <laughs> Uh, happy birthday, um, I think, to James thing- Conrad, uh, speaking of which. I think it's his birthday today, or yesterday. It was thank, very, you, thank you very much. Uh, we'll, we'll go with that. Uh, happy birthday whenever your birthday is, James. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was like, I feel like I saw it on the Facebooks recently. So, side note. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think it's Selena Gomez's birthday today, too. <laughs> okay. So, we, I guess we both have our priorities. <laughs> <laughs> I'm naming uh, the world champion that helps uh, that is uh, one of your flagship players for your presenting sponsor and you're worried about Justin Justin Bieber's axe or something <laughs> I actually don't know who she is or when her birthday is so. <laughs> uh, are you sure I, I don't believe it's her birthday today <laughs> I, now would, I want to know I not... <laughs> when James's is damn it <laughs> Somebody make so this Johnny, happen. So, Johnny, while he's looking that up, I, I want to say the other things we've done for the spectators, we've, <laughs> we've grown out the whole eight spectating area a little bit more. We've created a new spectating area. We've, uh, we've grown out the uh, spectating area on 14. Um, and we've made a whole little plaza between holes 7 pin, 14 pin, and 8 hmm. hole, in the 8 hole. Uh, and so there's a plaza there that's going to have a beer truck, going to have a, a pretzel food truck, and it's going to have a, a hot dog cart. And so if you're staying in any one of those three areas, you can go to this central plaza and be all be all ready to, to get back to your hole and cheer. Um, and then we're doing the same thing in the back on holes 11 and 13 T's, where you can see 10, the drive's up 10, you can see 11 and 13, and you can see part of the fairway on 12. And again, we have a food and beer truck up there as well. Uh, and then obviously all the stuff up at Tournament Central between 1 and 18. So we're basically what we're doing is we're trying to grow out areas where people can just congregate and enjoy disc golf. Um, one, of our, uh, one, of, one of my favorite members here at Maple Hill, we're, we're setting up all the uh, spectator ropes. And he said, hey, Steve, is this spot part of this in, in the spectator area where we're allowed to be? And I just looked and said, yeah, that, yeah, you can absolutely go there. And he said, great, because that's kind of been my camp for the last three or four years. <laughs> and it's, it's a really nice – I'm not going to say where it is because I don't want other people to go there, but it's a really nice spot. And I'm just like, 
if I was watching this tournament, I would totally join you in that spot and just sit and watch. And, uh, but he's like, people are finding their little nook and it's, it's wonderful. And if, if more people find that nook, we'll put bleachers there and we'll build it out and it'll, it'll still be nice, but it won't be quite as secluded. And he'd probably go to another spot. Um, but it's, uh, that's, that's what we're doing at Maple Hope for the Spectators. If you don't get the, if you're not following one of the cards, you can still come to Maple Hill and see a lot of the action and or you can sit down at one one location and see a lot of cards there and then jump to another location and see a lot of cards again. Like you can sit on the bleachers of seven and then go sit on bleachers of eight and come sit on bleachers of 14 and see three very different shots by a lot of different cards. Mm. Are we done? No. Selena Gomez's birthday is November 1st. No, you're, that's not Selena Gomez. You looked at the wrong woman. It's Selena Gomez's birthday is July 22nd, oh. and James Conrad was May 4th. And I apologize. Not even I don't close. know how. Yeah, I don't know what I saw. And I think back to James's right around. Yeah. Anyway. Whatever. So, no, we got I, that all cleared up. Uh, I want to quick talk about what I'm going to dub as the, the Steve Dodge rule coming up on the PDGA next year and whether or not you're doing it this year. Are you doing a multi-hole playoff if that happens to come up? Are we going to get that yeah. in this year? We it, is, it has been approved. All right. And that would probably be what? 1, well, 17, 18? 1 and 18. 1 and 18. Just 1 and 18. Okay. Just 1 and 18. Yeah, 17. Uh, so 18. it'll be 1 and then 18. And then uh, if they're still tied after that, it becomes sudden death playoff. And then at any point do you move the basket like uh like While during moving day yeah <laughs> <laughs> the third time around yeah no we okay. never move the basket so just to clarify for the world when you're describing that because i know we just kind of came in mid uh thought on that they would play re- regardless they will play one and 18 if there's a playoff combined everybody playoff. plays one and 18 who's ever involved in the All playoff right. They play it regardless yeah. of what the scores are, and then only if, if they're if tied. Guys, if there's three guys and they go birdie, birdie, bogey on hole one, all three of those guys are still playing hole 18. Correct. And then they all play yeah, 18, perfect. and then if it's if the score isn't differentiated by then, then it goes to a, a normal, quote-unquote, sudden death playoff starting back over at one. Yeah. And then Absolutely. over to 18 and so on and so forth. Okay. Uh, do you... With all that being said, do you wish for a playoff? Always. Just because of the drama. Sorry. Yeah. It's exciting. I'm, um, not in, I'm not in the control room, so I've got no problem if there's a playoff. It's going to be a lot of fun. There you go. Yeah, and, and, um, and to be... F- I, I hope for a playoff. I hope for the person to be down by two, one or two, going to the final hole regular, and then making a dramatic birdie to catch up. And then I hope for someone to win hole one by one stroke. And then I, it doesn't matter if they catch up or not at that point, because I've already had all the drama I need. <laughs> but then they're, they're, they're both playing for birdie, and it's just it's just balls out exciting. Am I allowed to say that? Yeah. Yeah. That we say what we want exciting? here. It's how I okay. drive the bus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, balls out exciting. The ice, yeah. the ice cream bus. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Uh, and and truth be told, as Johnny just kind of referenced, 
in the especially in the earliest days of Smashbox, when we were live, we were always nervous about playoffs because some of the most basic things could become issues. Right. Things of <laughs> running out of batteries, things of uh, signal issues being much more significant, only having one or two total cameras to possibly rely on to show you all the action. Now we're upwards of six or seven or eight cameras or more. Well, that, there's going to uh, be like 12 at Maple yeah, Hill exactly. with, that, with the that, stationary cams that and everything be cut like that. Too. So yeah. there's all of those types of things. Um, that are now addressed and rectified, and and you know, I guess you could still have some there's, crazy thing happen. But that's why we used to be nervous of playoffs. Yes, absolutely. Do you remember the memorial? Uh, I think I don't know what year it was, but I was running around with a generator trying to charge the yeah. the the cameras. Yeah, <laughs> it was, the battery. We apparently you can't ship batteries over the air, and so. We tried the two-day batteries, and they didn't get in. And so the first day or two, we were, I was running around with a literal literal generator trying to charge the batteries. Yeah. Those were Those some fun. of the days. Fun days. Those were Those fun were, days. Those were great. Uh, is yeah. Goal, Goal Zero, are they, are they still sponsored any capacity for you? I, I don't have any contact at Goal Zero anymore. Um, I do have one battery that's almost the size of our house, still, which is it's it's tremendous how big it is and i can't get it more than 20 percent, so it's uh, it's not quite as useful but it's very heavy huh okay uh it, dan harbeck out on the board actually brings up a great point as obviously we've moved into september uh you know this is about as late as we're seeing your events taking place it's it is funny every time around this time of year all my memories and facebook pop up from all the previous years yeah. when we have been out there I, it's crazy to see some of those but um you have a, a reduced field, and so with that, kind of explain what it means to be part of the playoffs, what the field size is, you know, and some of the conversations that you've had from a Disc Golf Pro Tour perspective. Uh, the exciting thing for me about the playoffs, and uh, this this actually happened to me tonight. Um, someone someone drove in, and they said, hey, Steve, I don't quite know where to camp. And so I, I got out, and I, uh, I got in the gator and led them out to the camping area. And, uh, and I asked them how they were, uh, how they were doing and what the rest of their season looked like. And, uh, and I said, are you, uh, you're playing in, in, uh, down in, uh, in Rock Hill, but then are you playing, uh, at the tour championship? And they said, I'm, I'm one away right now. Like they have to, they have to pass one person. Mm. And I was like, Ooh, <laughs> that's, that's a great story. That's really exciting. Um, it's not just like make the cut, get paid. It's, it's do better than maybe significantly better than, than one person so that I can keep playing. Hmm. And that storyline uh, is really, really exciting. I, I hope that we're able to cover that some on the live broadcast because there's, this is a very significant event and it's leading up to arguably an even more significant event. Um, I don't know if tripling the payoff makes it payout makes it more significant or not, but um, the tour championships designed to be the the, the pinnacle of events. So um, getting there is a, is a significant thing for touring players. And if you're on the bubble, uh, the MVP Open presented by OTB is is your last chance. Yeah, I'm sure that the control room and Mo has a lot of those storylines lined up with this being the final event. Um that's 
basically going to determine yeah the some of the bottom people's fate whether or not they can make it in or not so the only question is was it burridge that you were talking to what was <laughs> i said the question was uh was it possibly like a robert burridge or a chandler kramer that you were talking to or was it somebody on the fpo side it was selena gomez <laughs> Wow. She's close. close. <laughs> and that's where I found out it was her birthday. Mm, okay. Well, as usual, you are the most informed guest we have. So <laughs> that, makes, that makes perfect sense. <laughs> Excuse me. As uh, <laughs> Anyway. Um, Sap House, Sap House ex- Expansion? Did, that, did I just see said? the number of viewers go down from two to one? Because Matt <laughs> just texted me, this is boring. Yeah. That doesn't mean he's not going to watch. <laughs> what does that guy have to do? That's true. He's only got like three or five kids and a wife and yeah. running glitch things. And I don't know what that oh, guy does. Can I just say uh, a big shout out to Gannon Burr and Cole Radolin, two of my new favorite players. Ah. Um. I went over to Matt's house to film a birdie pro ad because he's the only person I know that has, has decent mics in Leicester and is a disc golfer and is willing to have me come over there. <laughs> and we went over there and um, we had a whole script worked out. And then Gannon and Cole were open to doing the script for us. And I'm just going to say, wait until you see the birdie pro ad on DGS. It It is we can't stop laughing. Those guys are amazing. Uh, they knocked it out of the park. It was really, really fun. Uh, so we'll give you a, let's give you a free ad plug right now though, for birdie pro love it. Give us the updates. Uh, what do people need to know? What, uh, what should they be looking for and, and what comes next then with birdie? So the first thing that people should know is Terry, do you remember like halfway through the season? I said, tell people to get their orders in soon. Cause we're selling out fast. Yep. So we weren't selling out as fast as I thought. Really? Huh. We have. Did you run that by your used car salesman manager? (laughs) No. When I reached out to MVP, I said, hey, how are sales going? And MVP had bought some number of games Uh and uh, because they're, they're our distributor. And so he said, we've sold this many games. But what he what I didn't realize was that in that number, he was including the number that they were shipping of the total number of games manufactured. He was including the number they were shipping to us. So that the number they were shipping to us was doubled. Mm. And it was, and so I didn't realize that, that they were, it was, it was just, it was relatively comical when I, re- and I don't know if you noticed, but like our script stopped saying that. <laughs> I was just mm. like, Oh, we're, we're not about to sell out. So if people want to guy the game, no hurry at all. We have plenty. <laughs> You don't need to buy it right now. Just whenever you're ready to play the board game, buy it. Okay. okay. Or actually buy it a few days before that because it has to ship. So, yeah. Anyway, okay. no hurry, everybody. The game is, we have enough. We'll probably sell out in in January. So we'll, I think we'll make it through Christmas. So at that point, do you start looking at additional expansions? More courses? More? Yes. We actually... Uh, I, hold on a second. That's exciting. This is this is a true plug. Oh, live for the first time. 
How, is there a way to turn this around? There's, no. If it's your phone, yeah, there's a little button that'll flip. Should flip the uh, what camera you're using? Is maybe. it this S in the top left corner? <laughs> Not the S. Oh, is it the red? It's probably the red phone. Okay, I'm just gonna do this. <laughs> Birdie Pro, the Preserve, and Maple Hill expansion. Yeah, and look at the pole. See the way the pole is going. I, I like do they, see. you have the basket here. And then the pole just goes. So as you get more and more expansions, the pole is just going to get longer. At some point, you'll have to put a pyramid under there. or Yeah, it's going to be <laughs> some kind of it's ladder. It's pretty exciting. It's, oh, yeah, we'll have to have an elevated, we'll have to have yeah. an elevated basket on our expansion. Exactly. So, so the answer to your question, Johnny, is yes. Look for the expansion packs next spring when we place the next reorder of Birdie Pro. Right. And uh, if you want to wait until then, that's fine. It's all good. <laughs> We're not in any hurry at all. You can, then you can you can buy it all at once. You can buy the game. This is my new and the expansion. Yeah. Buy the you could buy the game, the preserve, the Maple Hill expansion, and the Fox Run expansion all at once. You don't need to buy it right now. Take your time. Hmm. I'm gonna wait for the sale. Yeah, that's probably the best thing to do. Um, you don't even want to play sweet. No, yeah, I. You might play this week if you're in Bend. Mm, you never know. I get, I get confused. It is fun. I'm going to tell you that we get stats because, and if you play Birdie Pro, I'm going to talk talk to your the people listening now, not you two. Okay. If you play Birdie Pro and you keep scoring U disc, thank you so very much. You help give us statistics and you help us see because we have stat. We have what we think the scores are going to be based on statistical models, but. We don't know when people are going to use their, their cards and their chips. So the scores are actually a little bit different. Not a lot, but a little bit different than we expect. Because like on a hard hole, you use a lot of chips and maybe score better than we expected, mm-hmm. which is really fun to see. So if you play Birdie Pro and you score on UDIS, thank you so very much. It, gives, it actually gives us some data to help improve the game going forward. That's great. <laughs> Who does that? Yeah. Oh, yeah, people do that. It's yeah. awesome. Yeah, it's, it's, it really? makes scoring so easy. Yeah. Okay. I I, I live a sheltered life. I I I, yeah, I never. I mean, I mean it, it, if you keep score of your golf score on U disc for casual rounds, fellas, like how easy is it just to load it up? I mean, I didn't personally ever think of that, but it makes a ton of sense. You play with maybe well, the same few there's people. There's a QR code. There's a QR code on hole one. You can just yeah. scan, and and then you select. Green Lake Park, which is the default course, or mm-hmm. Fox Run Front Nine or Fox Run Back Nine, and then you go play, and it has the pars all set up for you, and it and it keeps track of what order you're playing and like who should be first on the box. It's, it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What? Uh, well, going along with this tangent for just another moment, you and your brother, uh, known as Boda Brothers, uh, for your games. Have then also been working on a game that involves well his primary career in uh, working in aviation and standby is the name of the game right oh make that flight no uh, you're right standby is the game that's out currently <laughs> okay make but... that flight is the game that that we're developing his next his Todd's next game is called make that flight. Okay. And that's this game. And it's got, you've got these four different 
things you do to get to the airport. And yep. uh, it, it's a pretty it's a pretty fun card game because like Terry might have uh, I, I might give Terry a, a, bro, a, a flat tire and then it takes him longer to get to the airport. And then Johnny might give Terry uh, long security lines. And then and then I might give Terry, hey, you forgot your ID. And then Terry doesn't make his flight. And then there's like uh, a frisky TSA agent takes too long. <laughs> <laughs> Which, yeah, Todd is is frisky TSA agent in the in the game. It will be. <laughs> he said he's going to make a Terry Miller edition. I like it. <laughs> there's been a time they're like, "Are you ready for your pat down?" I'm like, "Yeah, I've been waiting. Like, let's go." <laughs> Looking forward to it all morning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Terry's saying he's ready for his pop out. Um, as so, funny as this Todd is, walked, so Todd, Todd heard me mention make that flight, and I'm uh-huh. I'm holding the game up, and then Todd walks in, not not obviously not watching, and he just like walks in with a make that flight game. So I have, <laughs> I have two of them now that I could hold up. Um, I I've got to say, um, and, and maybe this is uh, I don't know, a little, uh, uh, I don't even know what the word is that I'm looking for. It, like customer experience demographic. Everybody travels, not everybody. Tons of people travel. Not There's more people that travel than play disc golf. So I guess the question is, does that make the game an easier sell? Are there a lot of other transportation-related travel well, games? Like, well, like the, I, This is a whole different tangent, but I'm really interested in this now. The biggest problem is that Todd did not start the airline pro tour. Mm. And so he doesn't have quite as much pull in the airline industry that that I potentially have in the disc golf industry. So yeah, true. Uh, but but having said that, Todd is on an airplane more days than not, and he's very good at talking to people and saying, "Hey, I have a game," and um, Birdie Pro will sell. In fits and spurts, as DGN advertises it, and as we re- do reach out, and then standby would just sell smaller numbers, but constantly because Todd just keeps doing it, yeah. and uh, he just he just keeps talking to individual humans, and I I don't do that as well. You just need some of those, you know those those airport <laughs> advertisements, those big giant ones. As I'm going down an escalator, come uh, on, put that out there. Should advertise in the airport yeah. right when Johnny's going down the escalator. Yeah, yeah like right there on if, those marquees. Like John, if you can tell Todd where you're gonna, like when you're sure. flying out. Okay. Yeah. 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 Just right next to right next to AWS, Amazon, and, <laughs> and Selena Gomez's uh, <laughs> uh, residency in Vegas. As soon as that yes. ad runs out, they probably only paid a couple grand for that. As soon as that runs out, then just get standby and uh, yeah, make that flight on there. So are both and standby I've, and make that make that flight? Is that a, completely available? That looked like a pretty polished. Or... Make that flight. That's the prototype. It is not oh. available yet. Um, we have, and I have another game called old biddies. I don't see it here, mm, but yeah, uh, right. I have another game called old biddies, which is a game where old women try to lure cats to their house. Yeah. And that was inspired by your wife, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, but that was really her idea originally, wasn't it? There's, uh, she 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 did put the skin that that skin on it. We had the we had the um we had the mechanic 
And then she put that, it, she did actually design that skin. There's a difference between but, brain uh, trust and inspired by. <laughs> okay. Well, and I, I will say that um, when she said it, it, it reminded me back of my, I used to work for the government and uh, one of the things somebody, we had like a little thing that went around with the, all the different departments and they were kind of classified, but not. And one of the people said, uh, the ad said, I just moved out to a farm. I'm looking for some cats. If you have a cat, let me know. And then had a phone number <laughs> and like his buddy put it in as a joke for him. <laughs> he said he got so many calls. <laughs> I've got a dozen cats. <laughs> you want to take them? It was a, I thought that was a very funny, but a, yeah. So. And uh, let me just say cat merch's cat is the coolest cat in the world. Okay. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not even a cat person, but that, that cat, like it just hung out in the shop for a few hours. Well, she, like she went around and played and it just hung out in the shop. I don't think it's ever been here before. And then it just curled up on the stone wall on hole 18 and just rested there. And then cat merch finished and it like got up and was like, Oh, Hey. And then just walked over to it. It was ridiculous. How cool that cat is. Cat cats on tour. Uh, what, what, what becomes the next game for you guys? Um, old biddies and make that white. Yeah. Uh, after those. Is there, do you have something each in the works? Um, each? Or, like, do you, or together? Yeah, one or either of you have your next like board game idea. We do have, we do have some ideas that we're working on. Um, we want to build a large game. Uh, and, and it's really hard. Like to build a game like Settlers of Catan, uh, there are so many, mo- li- not literal moving parts, but there are so many moving parts. Um, it's really hard to integrate all of those and and keep it cohesive. Uh, so, yes, we're working on something that like that. And it's, it's more of a fun life challenge. <clears throat> I don't know if we'll ever complete it, um, to the, especially to the point where we're uh, satisfied enough to put it out there. I know... Um, we when we go to Maine, we'll, we'll spend some time and we'll, like we put all of our ideas together and then we like put them on pieces of paper and then we play the game. And about halfway through the game, we're both just like, "This isn't working because that's dumb. That's overpowered and this is dumb." And so, so, but I'll just say, building settlers of Catan is hard, and uh, we're trying to do it right now. Our all of our games are are uh, smaller. If if you want to play. Uh, Settlers of Catan, a game of that strategic level, uh, our games are not there. If you want to play a game that's fun and involves everybody. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. 
Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Yeah, we lost. We, we lost you. No, we cannot hear you. I'm guessing that the batteries ran out yeah, on the headset. That would be my guess as well. There probably was a few beeps, and he thought that was something else. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, I don't know what that beeping noise is. You might have to refresh the page, Steve. (laughs) Uh, To think, this guy can't build a board game. Uh, maybe the cat got his tongue. <laughs> <laughs> that old bitty. <laughs> yeah, r- rotating the phone will fix it. <laughs> Here we go. Let's try that. Oh, you- Can you guys hear me now? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what is... <laughs> oh, he's got it handled. Oh, boy. <laughs> okay, you're back. You're- I don't know what happened. Uh, you know what happened your headset ran out of batteries that would be our guess no i turned off my headset because you couldn't hear me and i thought maybe this would work i could do you want me to go back to my headset no no, you're good actually this actually sounds better yeah (laughs) okay all right (laughs) we're all good now are we done no no i was just gonna ask have you ever thought about is there such a thing as a board game where people try to make their own board game Um, yes. And Todd actually has come up with that idea. Oh, well, I mean, stole it from me. He has, he has developed something where it has a bunch of parts and a bunch of things that do other things. And you pick and choose which ones you want to use. Um, we haven't tried to develop that, but he has that, he has that idea bouncing around in his head. He has got People don't know Todd very well uh, in disc golf, but like he has a lot of wacky ideas too. <laughs> really, you guys me. are related. <laughs> yeah, we are. Huh. Okay. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to back up, and again, I'm thinking of some of those memories that have popped up in Facebook, uh, including one of the first times I was there, and I uh, we all went bowling, and uh, I remember sitting on the bench, hugging your hugging your grandma. And uh, having just such a good time, and uh, duck pin bowling was a big deal. And everything now, obviously, is pretty much on site. Is there is there a way to expand the the overall experience into a you know regional things? I mean, think about the year we were are also. You, are you talking at about the, for the players the or for the spectators? Uh, maybe anything of both. I mean, or or is this week? as jam packed as it can be. Because remember we were in the in the uh the arena or the ballpark or whatever uh that one year as well for some stuff mm-hmm. uh just as the tournament so the was getting an- kicked off. The answer to that is yes, we can we have room to grow. And one thing we are doing this year is called the insider pass. I don't know if you're familiar with this. Uh so maybe not by your pass, definition. <laughs> it, well the insider pass for, for us is to, to be honest is how i want would like how i would want to watch the tournament 
And so uh, on on day one, you have your you just have free reign. Um, there there are less people on day one, so you you really can go anywhere and do anything. And there's multiple feature cards, and we don't want to pigeonhole anybody. At the end of the round, you'll come up to the upstairs of the balcony of the sap house, hang out with me, uh, hang out with my brother, and we will all just hang out on the balcony and watch the final cards come in. And then on the second day, we have it's a little more scripted what you watch. And then after the round, you go to uh, and after the 20k CTP giveaway, uh, you will be shuttled to a Woo Sox game, and we've got a skybox mm. and food and drink and just enjoy the game. And so you're getting a little bit a taste of Worcester when you do that. Okay. And then on Saturday. Um, you actually get to meet with the course designer of the diamond course, Gage Benson. And then you'll uh, you'll actually watch the FPO lead card with Gage and follow around. And you can ask, hey, Gage, what did you think about? I think I'm OK. Um, what did you think about, uh, you know, that shot on hole three? Is that how why do you design that hole that way? And Gage is really, really good at talking about course design and what, what people expect. And he, he's super personable with, with people that are interested in what's going on, uh, especially on the diamond course design. I'm, I'm excited to hear the reviews of that part. Um, and then after the round on Saturday, and again, we go to, the, go to the balcony, we do all these other things. But then after the round on Saturday, there's a brewery tour and you actually go to the local brewery and you get a tour of the brewery and you get a tasting and we get a cheese board. And, and so we're trying to expand what, what the tournament can be. Uh, and then on Sunday we have, you know, you go to all of these ideal spots to see, in my opinion, what all these great things are. And you actually get shuttled on the course when possible. Uh, there's a couple of places you have to walk just because people are playing, but and we try to sell you back and forth so that you miss as little action as possible while you're changing holes. So um, it would be very easy to see this expanded. And instead of getting a skybox at the Woosock Stadium, which holds 20 people, we would get an upper deck, which holds 150 people. And so, okay, now, yeah, we did all this. And now we're all going to go to the Woosox and we're going to have a big MVP open party presented by OTB. It would be fantastic. So yeah, there's lots of ways to expand. I like it. Um, you, you have to wonder, and I, it's funny because I was just doing some stuff at my kid's school before this, before our show tonight, and talking to other parents and thinking about how long our kid's day is, uh, you know, with going to school and then having one activity, possibly another activity, possibly then volunteering and whatever. That would be the only potential drawback that I see, right? Is some of these days are very long. They might be very exciting yeah. and, and you don't even think about it, yeah. depending on where you're at in your life as a spectator and as a fan. Uh, but it sounds like there's more than enough to keep you entertained, which I guess leads to one of my other bigger questions, which is how many fans can you fit? And, and what are you expecting for numbers this weekend in terms of these different so, day passes and, uh, and opportunities. It's pretty interesting. Uh, in looking at the overall sales numbers of tickets across the pro tour, you know, the events that have been existed last year and this year, 
Uh, ticket sales are up about 20% overall. Um, at Smugs, ticket sales went up uh, probably four or five hundred percent because they well, went they from had the GMT versus, to Worlds. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. And then, having said that, Smugs is four hours away from us and will draw some of our spectators. I'm, I guarantee some of the people who watched the MVP Open last year said, "Wow, Worlds." is just four hours away. Let's go up there and make a vacation of it, which which is fantastic. That's exactly what we want to have happen. However, I think what actually happened was it cannibalized some of our ticket sales. And our ticket sales right now, we're just barely at the same level as last year. Hmm. Uh, we have another four or five days. We have another two days. Two. <laughs> well, I guess we have four or five if we go to the end of the tournament to sell tickets. So we will in fact grow maybe by five or ten percent so i'm expecting 1500 to 1700 people on saturday and sunday um but the numbers last year were 1300 to 1500 so it's it's not as big an increase as i personally was hoping um i understand it and if it happens again next year or something funny is going on um but uh i i think that uh yeah so anyway that to answer your question we are growing we're not growing as fast as I expected. But I think there's a legit reason. I think a lot of people went to Worlds and, uh, yeah. and had a great show. Yeah. Uh, and just along those lines, when I was just looking, too, because obviously this can be quite impactful. Is the the weather. I know yeah. there's a hurricane coming up. It looks like it's pushing east, so you guys aren't going to get a ton of rain, but you might get some heavy winds. Is that what I'm? Is that what I heard? I think we might get some wind, which would be pretty exciting. Um and the weather looks great. What after Wednesday, the weather looks great. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking right now. Uh, Thursday, 72, mostly sunny. Friday, 66 and cloudy. 66 on Saturday and 74 on Sunday. Um, yeah, very little rain in the forecast for those days. Wednesday does look yep. uh, thunderstorms yeah. and 96 percent chance of rain. So might get a little wet tomorrow. So, okay. Is there a cat licking your feet? What? Nothing. Uh, so, all right. What else? Should, is there anything else we need to know? Uh, did I mention the ice cream social when I'm looking for an ice cream partner? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I've put that call um, out there, too, before. Ice cream socials. I got the same response you're getting right uh, now. I, I put a call out there. We got the same partner. response. <laughs> yeah. You're what? I, I approached it partner. differently last time. <laughs> this time I'm I'm giving away basically an all expenses paid trip to the tournament if you can help us land a sponsor. And you get to serve ice cream next to me. Uh if if someone doesn't step up, is the default then become your wife? Does Jess serve the ice cream again next to you, whether she wants to you or know, not? Jess and I have seriously contemplated buying a soft serve ice cream machine. Yeah, we had that talk and, last uh, year. <laughs> they are freaking expensive. Like a good one's like ten, twelve thousand, and to give away ice cream to a thousand people—that's not an efficient way to do it. No, because you know that thing yeah. will probably break down at the worst time. Yeah, it'll be like McDonald's. Yeah, yeah. Huh. Um, all you right, know, in, uh, in, in England, they don't use a lot of ice. 
just in general, everything's kind of mushy and warm there. Yeah. I went to England and I, I asked for a Coke. They gave it to me without ice. And I said, can I have some ice, please? And they said, our ice machine's broken. And it was, it didn't matter. Hmm. It sounded like it had been broken for years. <laughs> those people, I don't know about those people. <laughs> yeah. I have no answer for that, Steve. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's, I guess Ray was just asking, was the million dollar shot successful last year? And we've kind of actually talked about that. It, it didn't. I, I would say what... it was successful. It was really fun. Uh-huh. Um, it was really expensive. And we decided to spend the money in a different way this year. We that decided does... to give it to all the fans and spectators. Yeah. That does actually bring and me please. back to a question I had earlier that I didn't get, that I didn't spit out, which is what, what will the winner or the closest bracket winner or whatever, what will they ultimately walk away with? The, uh, the winner, the, the player winner will get, I think $4,500. Okay. And the spectator winner will get $450. Okay. Yeah, I, I think. And there will be one on the men's side and one on the women's side for the spectators and for the players. Now, I'm I'm a fan of throwing out suggestions because I don't have to do any work. Why not have people fill out brackets like March Madness? Uh, that's a great idea. Yeah, like, and I mean, you could do it for free and give away a prize, or you yeah. could, I mean, someone could secretly make a little pot behind it. You know, ten dollars. I'm just saying it could happen. That sounds like something Skip Base should do. Mm. It should. Uh, yeah, let me get right on that. Yeah, that, that, that's in three days. Let me pro, let me call my programmer real quick. No, I think that could be fun though. Just to at least print out some brackets and maybe have people see if they can submit them. It or would be fun, online. and they can locally, and they can fill it out and share it as much as they want. Um, I would hate to go through a whole bunch of brackets and try to figure out who won because I know no, we do no, paper. No, I think there's websites that just do that crap for you now. I wouldn't even. Yeah, that's not how we do it though. <laughs> no, you'd find the hard way to do it. Yeah. Great. <laughs> Efficiency's not always top priority. Yeah, no, that's right. Okay. Uh, next year, next year, CCG yeah. bracket. Uh, w- w- just to also clarify, what? you said whole one's going to move for round three. Are and then you talked yeah. about how far are you? You just moving it to the sh- the short pin? Well, yeah, you know what? Yeah, the diamond pin okay. for the women. Is where the men's it'll move there. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. And yeah, and the goal there is obviously to get birdies on the first three holes. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. I don't know that I have anything else for you, Steve. I don't. No. Nope. Uh, I I have a question for you guys. Sure. Shoot. Go for it. Um. You've been doing. I don't even know what you said. I was the first guest. Yes. And that's. I'm very honored, and I, I, I think I get to keep that title no matter what happens. <laughs> you almost lost it once, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I guess I did. <laughs> that episode almost got deleted. Uh-huh. I know. It takes me a while to go to YouTube and renumber about. them, but I was close. <laughs> yeah. No, if, now that we're 471 in, Johnny's not going to go through the work of renaming no 470 of them. Um. So I want to know, how are you guys doing, and are you happy with where this has gone? <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm happy. 
this is, I've always told people, this is something Terry and I would be doing in private, more than likely anyway. The fact that we're doing it in front of a camera is just bonus. Obviously, everyone always wishes for more success. You know, if I'd love to have, you know, a thousand watchers every night, which would be fun. And because it would just add to the chat board and it would add to the community and this and that. But uh, honestly, I'm I'm pretty content. I think if we, we've never really put forth like a full effort into this podcast not a single night not in the long run it's never been a full effort um yeah considering this was supposed to be like a side gig this was going to be an off-season gig for smashbox when we were going to do the live broadcast stuff so i i'm i enjoy this this is fun for me i tell jokes periodically very nice huh it looks like the something looks like something on the elements yeah you get that yeah that's periodic that that makes sense that makes sense to me, Johnny, and I, I, I bet you guys would actually just be chatting whether there was a camera or not. I mean, we do because we turn off, we do the after show, we turn off the cameras, then we do the secret after after show where we talk for another hour, hour and a half. I, I mean, we 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 talk more than two people should, in general, like yeah, <laughs> and, and the fact that anybody actually pays attention or listens occasionally uh, is great. And we're very thankful that uh, although we're not rigid with our structure, that some people really love the fact that they feel as if it's just a couple guys sitting around talking. And yeah. it, as Johnny just alluded to, just the community and the avid watchers and the people that continue to come back um because as johnny always says there's a million pod not a million there's a lot of other podcasts now that have really standardized like podcast format and i love the fact that we have our conversation tonight <laughs> revolved around freaking ice cream and yet we're a disc golf podcast. And some people absolutely hate that. I think we all know this, that some people are like, no, they talk about too much stuff that has nothing to do with disc golf. And that's fine too. But you're not, when, when a player says to us, hey, I don't know if I want to do you know all six podcasts that are out there. I don't want to do them all because uh, I don't want to repeat myself. I always think, well, you're probably not going to be talking <laughs> about a lot of the same stuff with us as you are with a lot of the other shows. And not to say right. we don't hit on some of the basics or that any other show is better or worse than others, but for God's sakes, we've had Madison Walker do owl calls on our show. Like, you're just probably not getting that on another podcast. And that's something that we really love we need, to lean into. We need to get her back on to see if she's learned any new owl calls. <laughs> that would, yeah. <laughs> we should uh, put a call out for that. So, Who, who did them? Uh, Madison Walker. Oh, I, yeah. Okay, it took me one you second. It. You got one you second. Gotcha. You got you, Terry. He did. He did. So, <laughs> anyway, that's um. Yeah, I don't know. We're still here. Some people. Uh, it's funny how often people still see me out in at the at the events and say, "Hey, I appreciate it." You know, I have a four hours long drive every week. And you guys, you know, really scratched that itch. So here we are. Well, I will say that I appreciate it. And I, I genuinely thank you guys. Without you, the Pro Tour would not exist. There is no doubt. Um, I don't know how many people understand uh, the 
the positive impact you guys had on this sport and on the Pro Tour specifically. You, you've done a lot uh, outside of the Pro Tour, but for me, uh, the without you, the, the Pro Tour would not exist. And that is just a fact. So from the bottom of my heart, I thank you for what you're doing now and what you've done. And, uh, and I thank you for uh, being my friend when I hired you and when I fired you and when I rehired you. Um, it's, it's been a wonderful roller coaster. And I've always known it didn't matter what we did business wise. We are, we are friends first and you've proven that. And I, I appreciate it. Every, uh, every time, like Terry said, every time around this year, one of my favorite pictures I have comes up and it's me standing next to you in the kitchen at Maple Hill, and you're in your Picard outfit. So I love it. Every time I laugh, I look at it, and I just think, I love that guy. Yeah. and I'm, I'm uh, still ready for it. <laughs> and, uh, you, you know, you yeah, said. you couldn't pull off Christopher Pike. That dude's got a great head of hair. I watch, I watch a lot of Star Trek. That, guy, that guy's got some hair, and uh, you, you got the Picard going. You're good. I got the Picard. Uh, well, you said it earlier, Steve, it's, it's all about, uh, you know, people having your back and surrounding yourself with people you love and trust. And we've been fortunate that all three of us have now shared in that relationship, as you just described. And, uh, you know, the, uh, of course I recall getting, you know, uh, saying you saying, Hey, can you, you want to jump on a call? I want to show you a presentation and it's your sales pitch, you know, under the seventh or twelfth or thirtieth iteration of what you know eventually would be the pro tour, and you know to know we started with five events and to know that you, you know, absolutely demanded that live was going to be at those, and we were becoming the live broadcast solution in disc golf, uh, which gave us our only guaranteed work in theory, uh, in theory, uh, guaranteed work. We have for sure five events this year. That's great. Uh, it's, uh, it's been one hell of a journey and it's, it's crazy to think how many people don't know so much of the history. And, and that's why every time someone says something idiotic about you, I, I of course know they're new and then roll my eyes cause they just have no idea uh, you know, they why might. we're all here and how we got there. How <laughs> they might? I mean, I I have seen. Of course, it's MVP time. So also, you see the Steve Dodge is a disc uh, <laughs> meme <laughs> and line continue to recycle. And those are all you know. Now it's it's funny how we can laugh at those that much harder. Yeah. Uh, all these years later, so. We love you, buddy. Thank you for joining. Uh, my my only frustration slash complaint is, uh, and and I have to get it addressed, and uh, is that I need to return to Maple Hill. Uh, I love being in the yeah. booth. I love Next Nate year, and Val. You know, I, go. I love being there. Uh, but every once in a while, I need to make a return back to being on site and taking it all in, especially as it's continuing to blossom into the vision that you've had. Uh, so hopefully, hopefully. I'll find my way back over there. Maybe Johnny and I can make a return. All right, pal. I look forward to that day, and uh, and I wish you guys a great night. Uh, thank you, and uh, thanks for joining us tonight and giving us the, all the insight. And uh, anything else exciting taking place at the house or any other exclusive news or information? Uh, there's some really exciting stuff happening, Sweet. and I'm, I'm not allowed to say it because mm-hmm. it's not my news. Yeah. And uh, I'll say just... Uh, if you follow Raven Newsom online on okay. Facebook or Instagram, I think 
next day or two, you might want to you might want to see what's going on. Awesome, great, good to yeah. hear. All right, pal. Well, thanks again, and uh, we wish you the best of luck this weekend. And uh, yeah, I'll be sitting there commentating, and I'm sure I'll reach out for a question or two, I'll a be clarification, because I didn't understand half of your way you break down how you do stuff. So uh, you, you'll have to send it to me uh, over Messenger. Have a good night, pal. Good night. Good See night, ya. Steve. Steve Dodge is a disc, and uh, he was here with us tonight. Thank you, Steve. Founder of the Pro Tour. And creator of old biddies. And creator of old biddies. <laughs> that should, that's it for his LinkedIn. Uh, <laughs> his LinkedIn. Oh, I, I hope that's on his uh, his gravestone someday. Just those yes. two things. Yes. Under the Pro Tour, creator of old biddies. Uh, anyway, yes, some uh, crazy history and memories. And, and I can't say it enough. Yeah, when, when all of the... Uh, Facebook memories specifically come up and I just saw one. I actually saved a picture, Lauren Lakeberg, who was one of the hardest working photographers out there getting disc golf stuff years ago. I uh, had gone out covered Vibram open or MVP open or the open at Maple Hill or whatever it was called that particular year. Uh, it was just, it's an old, old picture of me and Dana heading down a fairway that uh, she had captured and, so many memories. We also heard, I heard that old, uh, our good friend Miles Parkhill over at Paragon was uh, helping deliver and hang out and deliver some stuff over there. So Miles and the rest of the family and house and crew that might be watching over there at Steve's, uh, hello to all of you again. I miss being there and hopefully we'll get back. Oh, we will. There's no doubt about that. All right. Let's move into the Discmania uh, Open. Let's do it. Uh, the Discmania Open is, or was, a Silver Series event. Up- oh, don't call it a series. I got to yell at you. Uh, you're right. Oh, I will buck to everybody. <laughs> um, uh, it was a Silver event up on uh, Prince Edward Island, PEI, Canada. Kind of a small showing for a Silver event, but that is the nature of the beast when you are, you know, kind of sandwiched between Worlds and MVP and you're the opposite direction. To be honest, because my understanding is he said it was four hours between Worlds and MVP to get there. I had heard this was going to add an extra 20 hours of driving. Mm. So that's why we did not see a lot of people. And it's later in the season, so the silver events are a little less uh, coveted because most of the players already have them. We talked to Isaac last week about that, about why he went up there and what what his plan was. And he actually had a really uh, interesting story as to why he was going up there. He had nothing else going on, was one. But two, when he was a kid, he was a big fan of the book uh, the book series, Anne of Green Gables, which mm. takes place on Prince Edward Island. And he said it, you know, it was a very beautiful description in the books, and he wanted to see it for himself. So he got a chance He's to like, get up there. bitch, I'm a world champ now. I'm going up. <laughs> I'm going to do whatever I want. <laughs> I like um, it. But over on the MPO side, Isaac Robinson <laughs> was not a champion. This past oh, weekend. close, I heard. It was very close. He went into a, uh, a six-hole playoff with Eagle McMahon. They played hole one and 18 on repeat. Sounds familiar. Mm-hmm. Um, and finally, on the sixth hole, Eagle took a three and Isaac took a four. They had all of them. They had birdied everything up until that point. 
So Isaac ends up taking second place, technically, behind Eagle McMahon. Uh, They were at 16 under par. In third place was Gavin Babcock, 10 under par. Fourth place, Aiden Scott at 7 under. Fifth place, Jake Wolf. Then Andrew Fish, Raven Newsom, Connor O'Reilly, the Canadian man himself, Thomas, eh, Thomas Gilbert, and a tie for 10th between Jake Mon and Chandler Fry. That was your MPO side. Moving over to FPO side, it was a very small field. Uh, we're talking just seven players over on FPO, but winning this one, Ella Hansen shooting a four over par, beating out Deanne Carey and Juliana Corver. And my understanding is Juliana went up there with the intent to actually do commentating. We saw Jim Oates do commentating this past mm-hmm. weekend. Jim and Juliana are married, I believe now. Um, and Juliana got up there and decided, you know what? I'm going to make a run at this because I can make up a bunch of silver points and possibly still help myself to get into the tour. And mm-hmm. afterwards, Terry, the tour standings, where does JK stand right now on the pro tour? Well, f- funny you ask, because I clicked on the button that showed me, mm-hmm. and now I'm going to do a search. And she moved from outside of the cut line to the inside the cut line, I believe. She moved up three positions from 20th into 17th. So now she's officially in the playoffs as of right now obviously she has to get through maple hill there'll be a few people there will be a few people chasing her you've got like Sayananda behind her um who else was there behind her i, I oh sorry I, uh, I just saw Sai, but and, and Sai missed quite a bit of the uh yeah Sayananda, emily beach holly finley hannah win dn carey uh rebecca cox vanessa so, van dyken are so all the next closest competitors. they're all shooting for her um to beat her this this weekend. Yeah, uh, click on this weekend's uh, registration, if you could, or this weekend's current, um, because I'm just trying to think about who... I would say most realistically, as she's closest with Lisa Fakus, she's got a 16-point lead on Lisa. She has a 22-point lead over Cy. And so if I'm just looking at, yeah, our competitors here, Hannah Wynn is in there. Ollie Finley, I have to assume, is in there. Uh, so I yeah I'm just taking a look at yeah 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 so yeah it's going to be an exciting MVP it certainly is and I think about the final few holes last year Lisa Fake I think it was Lisa Fakus Missy Gannon and Owen Scoggins were battling for like three four and fifth place positions if I recall and that all got flip-flopped and switched around literally within the last few holes of the tournament. They went in, you know, with those three positions, third, fourth, and fifth, and it was just jockeying as they were closing out the actual event. So, yeah, kind of crazy to see, and then obviously seeing how impactful everything's going to be for this upcoming weekend. Well, there's uh, one or two other events that went on this weekend, kind of over on the East Coast. The Butler County Disc Golf Classic was... Over in uh, Cranberry Township, Pennsylvania. And that event had Joel Freeman win for $1,300. Clay Edwards at $935 took second place. Third place was Tony Mo Rice. Oh, down on the, uh, there was no FPO field. So never mind. I was going to scroll Correct. down and, and talk about the FPO field, but 
no FPO field to be had. I know there were a few other um, in the area that some people own Scoggins won this weekend. I know uh, whatever event she played, which mm. hopefully means she's feeling better. I know she had to yep. obviously pull out of the world, the world championships with her kind of wrist issue, wrist to elbow somewhere, some muscle in between there. Yeah. Um, and ultimately, you know, not, not, not the happiest story, but if she's winning events, hopefully it means she's feeling better. Yeah. I believe one it was, would think. was it the hall, uh, hollow falls. I mean, it might've been hollow falls this weekend. Is where they were presented by Lone Star over there in Manchester. Yeah, it's in Manchester. Okay, let me look at. Yeah, I believe this was the one. Yeah, because we saw uh, Parker Welk take this. Wow, one down taking down it. another uh, victory. We have. Yep. We haven't seen. Uh, go ahead and click on his stuff. We haven't seen Parker necessarily featured or uh, atop of a leaderboard much. No, since, he's kind of stunk it up. Yeah, since the dynamic just opened. <laughs> uh, in fact. Really not inside the top twenty. The the closest he got was twentieth at uh, the KC Wide Open, as you know, a lot of players were getting ready to head overseas, and, and he, then he and just, he talked about not being on the East Coast really much before, mm-hmm. so not knowing these courses. Said he said that he didn't have extremely high expectations, but once he learns the courses, he felt that maybe sure. next year he will come around and perform better. This year was more of a learning year, so that's that's kind of I mean. Twenty two fifty is a nice payday for the Hollows Fall Classic. Yeah, and am I correct? Uh, we'll go ahead and read the top three people there. You got Nicola Castro taking second, uh, five behind Parker, Andrew Presnell tying Josh uh, D De... Batista. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Uh, so that was your top uh, three spots, so to speak, and in FPL. You called it Own Scoggins, one by nine over Cap Merch. Uh, and Cap Merch then was three ahead of Holly Finley with Vanessa Van Dyken rounding out the top four. So And Own Scoggins shooting a thousand and six, nine seventy six, which is just a hair under her rating, and a nine ninety seven. So it's not like she walked this in by any means. Own hopefully right back on schedule to where she was. Yes. And the other big news, kind of speaking of ratings this weekend. What? Yeah, yeah, ratings matter, Terry. Everyone knows it. Um, I, I'm going to wait. Okay, no ratings rant. All right, Kristen Tatar, the only really ratings that matters this week and the only real discussion was that she hit nine, nine, nine times, Bueller. 999 is her rating. 999. So she missed 1,000 by... <laughs> Just under a point is my understanding. Was it uh, ninety? I think I think you had said. Well, something it has like, to be. It has to be under a. In theory, it's likely correct. somewhere under a point, uh, just simply because of it landing exactly on that. You would, know, perfectly correct. is is not statistically likely. Not so, but yes, less likely. than a point, and in fact, less than that. Because if it were, you know, if if it comes out, I'm just assuming. I did not verify this with the PDGA, but I would think any common sense logic would tell you if she came in at nine ninety. 9.6. yeah, or 999.5 or that or above, I bet you she would have been then obviously rounded to a thousand. That's just, I think, standard rounding procedures literally for everything. So uh, somewhere between 999.0 and 999.499999, right, is where she came in. And the only rant that I gave this no, morning was well, just the simple fact that uh, she was obviously close, and that uh, uh, not to take anything away from her accomplishment, but I was surprised how many people did say, 
just rounded up. And I'm like, <laughs> no. Did that, that, to me, that just feels like you didn't earn it. I mean, not that, yes, any, not that, and any, that's, and that's not that no anyone would ever know. And that's no slight on Kristen, but yeah. no, you didn't earn it at that point. And I'm as big a Kristen fan as everyone yeah. else on the planet, yeah. but it's just funny how many people... Yeah. Just give it to her, like no, and and the because at what point nine ninety eight, like ah, close enough. Just give, yeah, no, exactly. No. Nope, nope, nope. Get it, earn especially it. If She's gonna want it if, that especially, way, especially if you are about to set truly the new record or get there for the first time ever. You don't want that ever to come out as well. Actually, hey, she had some friends on the ratings committee, and they they took her nine ninety nine point three yeah. and rounded that up just to get her like. And similarly, you're an absolute idiot if you think she was above 999.5 or wherever or got to 1,000 and somehow somebody thought, no, let's keep it sub 1,000. For what reason in the world? I have no idea why anyone would actually think let's do that. But some people I think, some people I did see literally said, oh, they they, uh, kept her sub 1,000. And all I kept thinking is, for what effing reason in the world I wouldn't would believe that, that in the first place? But even before the ratings came out and people were talking about what she needed to shoot to get to a thousand, there are some really smart people out there. There's some really dumb ones too, but there are some really smart people out there who kind of have this figured out a little bit. And they were saying that she was going to miss it. It was going to be very close that she was going to miss it. Now the rumor is, or the stats, so to speak, someone said she has to average about a thousand and five for the. Within the next month, the events she plays, okay. and if she can do that, the next ratings update will be over a thousand. Okay, so is, I think it's a thousand and three or a thousand and five. Either way, it makes sense. If you're at nine ninety nine, you need to average above a thousand to get to a thousand. So whatever that is, whether it's a thousand and three, thousand and five, ultimately, Kristen Tatar is now your new highest rated FPO player of all time, and she has earned it. So congratulations to Kristen Tatar. Um, I don't think it's going to slow her down at all. I don't think she's going to sit on her laurels. I believe she is probably looking at um, MVP, throw pink, and the tour championship. And the tour cha- and U.S. women's, probably. Yes. Uh, I believe she's looking at all those events and thinking, I want to crush these people. Yeah. Because that's how she thinks. Yeah. I, I, I'm pretty sure she, the, the, it was likely. I, and I'm I'm just guessing here. It was likely a fleeting moment of like, oh, I'm nine nine ninety nine. She she might have turned to silver, and like, oh, so close, sure. And then shrugged her shoulders and been like, okay, like <laughs> that's probably the extent in which she got worked up or worried about it today. If if I know her as well as I think I do, that's probably the extent of it. She certainly didn't write the ratings committee and mm. and make an inquiry or go on uh, Instagram or Facebook and make a nasty post about how she wishes they would have just given it to her. <laughs> Could you imagine? I don't know. The, the best analogy I heard today was someone saying, Could you imagine you're closing out and you're crushing and you're closing out like a bowling tournament? You bowl a two ninety nine, and someone's like, "Oh, just give them the three hundred. Like it's so close. They they bowled so well. You know they're a three hundred average player or whatever. Like just not average. Wow, not average. Yeah, but you know they're you know they're really good, and they played so well. And no, you don't just give them the point. You don't do it. You let it. People want to earn things. <laughs> anyway, uh, congratulations. I 
we had just as many accolades, of course, for Paige Pierce reaching 996, which created a brand new uh, world or brand new record for women at that time. That was the highest that she had gotten. Uh, Kristen coming into this, I think, was 994 prior to this update. So she was sub what Paige's, you know, had previously set the new highest at and then Kristen at 999. Nonetheless, it's awesome. And again, we've already talked about it far more than she's ever been concerned about it. So we'll move on. But uh, congrats to her on that. Uh, I will quickly butcher a few names. Uh, Not many, but a few. I did have the distinct honor and pleasure of being in Estonia. And naturally, I wanted to learn where did Kristen play in her first pro event and win her first European championship. And that was the Yarva Yanni hmm. open. And so I had to visit the place. I had to play there and shoot worse than she would. Uh, so I was there this weekend. I played in Estonia. I also took in a handful of other courses throughout Estonia. I got to see um, just, I don't want to call it a snippet. I did get to see Good portions of Estonia, but clearly I need to go back for so much more to explore. Uh, but there was an event that took place, and uh, Auntie was one of your organizers, um, uh, along with R2, uh, and it was so much fun. The course, it's it's funny to play on a course that I feel like it's it's not pro tour difficult but it was more difficult than what you and i are used to playing okay and like with a handful of par fours and wisconsin has a lot of great disc golf which is largely obviously where johnny and i have played we've played around the country and around the world but largely wisconsin and wisconsin disc golf although great has not always fully embraced the whole par four par five super difficult layouts and so to play on a track that is of that caliber and is of that mentality, which is very common now everywhere, is becoming more common, was just unique for me uh, in the first place to get to some of these holes and be like, oh, yeah, like a three is a really good score here. And clearly I see this every day when I'm <laughs> uh, you know, commentating on disc golf, but with as little as I play, I don't play tracks that are. And if I do get a chance to play golf anymore, you and I both, more often than not, we're playing somewhat regionally and yeah. we're probably playing a course we know or love and or that's relatively short and or easy compared to what we saw. And uh, yeah, they had a one-day C-tier. The day before, we hosted a Disc Golf Guy doubles, which I was, the I guess, the, the host of. Uh, Auntie, again, helped me get that set up, Latitude 64. I want to thank them. In a very short turnaround, they stamped up some discs with my logo on them, had them shipped from... Uh, from Latitude 64's headquarters in Sweden down to Estonia. And we ended up having a uh, 35, 36 teams that played in doubles the night before the event. So we had almost 70 people or so play on Friday night's doubles. And then there was 88 that played in the tournament the next day. So a huge turnout. Everybody got a disc that played. Uh, I was happy to take pictures and and sign discs and give away stuff. It was it was so much fun. So thank you to all of you guys for doing that. When it was all said and done, Casper, I don't know how to pronounce the last name. Casper was your champion in MPO. Uh, why did I agree to do this? Yeah, I didn't. I was a little shocked, Terry. Uh, 
Do you need me to read them for you? <laughs> Hero, I apologize. In Rio, uh, took second and third. Um, in MPO and in uh, Masters, I got to play with the eventual winner. I played with him first round. Uh, Eno took first. Tunnel took second. Tunnel and rate. Uh, I don't know. But who took seventh? <laughs> I took tied for seventh. Uh, when it was all said and done, and funny enough about that, so that's got to be cash. That's a thirty. That's thirty-eight. Unless you're international. So, really? yeah, real quick. Uh, international disc golf standards are different per PDGA rules and allowances and everything else. International disc golf, uh, first of all, is not as lucrative, uh, generally speaking, but the payouts and the tables and the requirements are all vastly different uh, and, it, and it has been that way forever uh completely you know uh standardized and intentional the even though i played in the largest masters field i've ever competed in of 38 people i don't believe that i cashed at seventh place well i clearly very top heavy then um well there's not they they also are very light on the overall entry fee so sure. The entry fee for the event was 15 euros, which is like oh, that's, 16 or $17. Yeah, that's really... So it's it's okay. not a lot. So It's more it's it's a, it's a more fun game. Correct. So I, I want to say they paid out in 50 players in open. I want to say I think I saw six got paid out, which I would have made it into. But I played Masters and there was 38 and I think they paid out four, I believe. And I do think I mi- missed the cash then in that case. So even though I was in the... I forget what the number was. That could have bought 21 you ice percentile. Cream. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Let me be very clear. I am not mad about it. I'm not complaining about it. It is a very different structure. Again, just thinking about those numbers alone. Can you imagine playing in a in a, a two round sanctioned event in the US, paying about, we'll just say fifteen dollars to play? Like most people wouldn't. They wouldn't bother. Like they Correct. would they would not bother uh, in, in a for a pro division. Maybe Correct. in an amateur division, sure. A pro division, you would not see the turnout. Um, m- normally, I think our our minimum entry fees here are like fifty to fifty five bucks, all the way up to seventy, eighty, whatever that may be for MPO for a local. We'll say a local. We're not talking some of the bigger events like you know your Bud Hill and things like that. I'm sure those are a little bit more expensive, but they're also more lucrative. Yeah, that is uh, yeah, that's amazing. So um, again, I'm not mad about it. Uh, what what is the math on that? I, fi- I know I figured it out that night. Uh, seven divided by thirty eight. So I finished in the top eighteen, you know, in the top eighteenth or twentieth, nineteenth percent. Um, but that's not good enough. And uh, as Frederico and you Sorenson, averaged a little over your rating. Uh, did that, uh, the first round was abysmal thanks to a couple holes and the second round was definitely felt much better. I, I did improve by six, six strokes the second round. Um, as Frederico says though, and, and this is worth repeating as he puts it on the board in Europe, we play for the love of the sport, not for the money. Uh, it has its good and bad parts. I knew that going in for, for starters that it's a very different structure. This is, this is known and uh, throughout and and I think about you know even in Thailand where I've been for the last few years, A tier standards there are lesser than A tier standards here in the U.S. So sure. on and so forth. This is across the board, and this is not uncommon. And there's no complaints coming out of me whatsoever. Um, it was an incredible experience, and the fact that I played 
all the golf that I did leading into it and then played on Saturday as well. Uh, it, it was just an experience I'll never forget. So thank you to everyone who was part of it. Of course, <laughs> I was there for the love of the game, the camaraderie, the people, the experiences. I'm going to do an entirely separate podcast slash drop zone or something that will break down pictures and videos and all sorts of things. So I'm not going to get into it all tonight, but um, it was it was just absolutely an insane experience. So thank you to everyone that helped make it possible uh, and for all the time that I had there. It was seemingly, it, it felt short, but yet I jam-packed so much into it. And then on top of it, I was sick, so I was battling that. But um, yeah, the, the long and short of it is I need to get back and experience more. <laughs> So pretty cool. And it, uh, this course, uh, which will has just turned nine years old, uh, this course in, in Yarva Yanni had just turned nine years old. Obviously, next year's it's going to be its 10th anniversary. This also was the site, I believe, they told me, of Kristen's first ever pro event, which I think hosted the European Championships that particular year. And she won it. And she was a so to speak, an unknown. It was the first time she had played uh, in a tournament, and then she won. And so there's a little bit of cool history that happens to tie together with it. It's uh, it's absolutely uh, awesome. So, um, yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Estonia. And I got to see what was Estonia was all about. Like, th- when we've seen Albert Tom and we've seen uh, uh, Katie and we've seen Kristen and we've seen just this influx of players that are out of Estonia. And then I got to meet a few or reconnect with a few people that I met during, uh, the pro-am masters worlds, uh, the organizers just, yeah, absolutely incredible. All right. Uh, <laughs> reading off the Board, uh, Frederico, uh, Frederico says, Terry, you have to make a Paul McBeth or a Scott Stokely and spend many months around here and visit all the places and play in different countries. That sounds phenomenal. It's just the, the reality of uh, how many how many days are in the year and how much time do I have to make it all happen. But uh, some form of tour, visiting more countries and having more experiences like I just did, uh, definitely are on the bucket list for sure. So... We'll see how that all gets worked out in the future. Um, I feel like that's everything in terms of official, major, normal disc golf related news. Yeah, I mean, uh, that we saw this weekend. Yeah, all the players are just really moving from wherever they were, kind of huddled down, or maybe playing a small event, getting ready for MVP. And, and you see a ton of posts coming from MVP. The players that are getting in there early, hanging out. I also we also saw the likes of uh, Kristen at the U.S. Open, taking in some in New York. Uh, I think Ricky was there as Ricky well. at the U.S. Open, and also Ricky uh, with some uh, visits around New York City, down in, uh, actually in you know Manhattan and in other places. And spoiler alert, I'm going to let everyone know a little secret. As I prepped and went from Worlds to Estonia, I flew out of New York, and do you know where I stopped? Before flying out of New York to Estonia? Mm. Ground zero? Uh, no. Right. Although I was in a plane on 9-11 yet again yesterday for like the fifth time in the last seven years. Um, I, I've been to ground zero. B&H? No, I have been to <laughs> B&H. Uh, this was one of the times I was in New York and didn't get to B&H. Well, Terror Bear. 
went to the Halal Guys. Oh. The original Halal Guys cart. Okay. And the one that's across the street from it. <laughs> I, I'll just spoil this for you guys. There's a Halal Guys cart. I want to say, I'm just, I think it was 53rd and 6th, r- right out of Times Square. A Halal Guys cart. You walk about a block and a half, another Halal Guys cart. Zero line at 53rd and 6th, a line 40 deep, a block away. Because it's the original? Because it's the original. It was the very and, first one. And people care about that. I was trying to liken it to like any other time. Like yeah. when you, ha- especially when they're a block away, it, you care about it probably the first time you're there, right? Sure. Like, I then, guess. You, then after that, then why would you I, care? I just don't know. I mean, clearly the halal guys have some sort of following. I just, I just have a hard time thinking like, Oh, I get to go to the first, like there are halal guys fans. Like I'm going to go to the very first halal guys. Like maybe it's marked somewhere and you're and in your, and like before the disc golf pro tour, I'd never heard of the halal guys. Sure. Understandably. And you would. So it was to me, it's like, all right, do I ever care about going? Like, no. Would you care about going to... Like the first Culver's in Sauk City? Yeah. Nah, not really. I mean, I guess if, again, if I were in Sauk City and it was like, oh, this is the very first Culver's and I were ready for lunch, sure, maybe, I guess. I guess that would make sense. Maybe if you're from New York and you're, go- you're going to go to the first Halal guys because you, you go to them around the area, maybe. I, I guess. I mean, I'm not... I guess maybe maybe uh, a, a better comparison yeah. for us would be maybe. I just think that as a tourist, there's so many other places to go than the first halal guys. But well, I mean, like, if you want to get if you want to get their food, and yeah. then you're like, well, do I wait in the line or do I not? Maybe that's the consideration. I think of like if you were in Milwaukee, for instance, and you went to Paps or Miller, and you could go to say the first tap room as opposed to. The new school one, like yeah. maybe somehow that, I, I don't know if that's a great analogy. Maybe the board has some good analogies, but yeah, when they're, when they're, that's all I thought is you go, if you're concerned about getting to the first one, you go there once because it's literally mm-hmm. the exact same stuff yeah. a block away. You, you, you may say you go there for the first time and then every other time when you're like, yeah, I just want to get halal guys because that's what I'm eating. And you're not doing it from a tourist perspective. That's when you just go to you know one of the other carts, or you go to their store, or whatever. But anyway, I went. Of course, I got the combo platter because that's what everybody gets. So that's what you have to get. Uh, I got the combo platter. Had the the uh, the white sauce. Had the hot sauce, and it was pretty damn good. So uh, I made a whole. Uh, I will make a whole video out of all of this. Um, and I of course got a picture with the guy working. I'm like, we do this thing, and he didn't care. Understandably, he shouldn't. <laughs> He's in the you know one of the largest cities in the world, and I'm trying to you know pitch him on disc golf, and he just works for the halal guys. But it was uh, it was pretty cool, and it was something that I wanted to at least accomplish since I was in New York. If you're there in Times Square, and they have this connection to disc golf now. I can exactly. understand that. It's yeah, the, a year ago, I would have, uh, to me, like you just said, yeah. I'd never heard of them. So a year ago, that would have meant nothing to me. Correct. But because I'm actively promoting their, or actively you know, reading it, their ads. It'll be a good story to tell on the, on the broadcast at sure. some point. So yeah, it's, it's good. 
Um, Spock says the original Starbucks, you know, where they really know how to make it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there you go. You're a coffee enthusiast and you're like, well, I could go to one of these 90 Starbucks or I could go to the original one. Yeah, it no, might I, not be any better, but it I, uh, I get all of that. There is something to it. So th- that would be a good one. A good analogy or comparison, possibly. All right. Um, reading off the board, 10 plus years of hosting, and there's about a dozen players at the house getting ready for MVP. Andrew Streeter. Awesome. Yeah, I love that, Andrew. Hope you guys are doing well. I'll miss you guys yet again this year, as I was just whining about earlier. Uh, I think that's it for the regular show, though. Uh, we're going to take a break. And then, of course, in the after show, what do we feature, Johnny? Uh, anything and everything we want. Yeah, so we'll probably talk ice cream and uh, <laughs> and halal guys' food. <laughs> we already talked that stuff, too. Exactly, I know. That's right. We Our shows some, are so confusing tonight. Find something else to talk about, I'm sure. Thank you guys for joining us. And we're going to give away stuff on Patreon.com. Oh, man. We got two giveaways. Things. We got two At giveaways. At least two tonight. giveaways. I see two discs over there. Uh, those might be next week. Okay. But we've got giveaways already lined up. Giveaways, so. giveaways. Um, yeah, maybe we'll talk about Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> but uh thank you guys for joining us this has been podcast 471 thank you to steve dodge for joining us and uh, looking forward to an incredible mvp open presented by otb dis and mvp this weekend uh we're gonna stand down for just a quick minute then we come back with the after show uh we'll have some giveaways as johnny said and we'll talk about anything and everything else for johnny vm the disc golf guy we'll see you in a minute when you step inside the smashbox Thank you to our $2 and above patrons. Your name is listed below in the credits. If you are interested in being listed as a producer in the Smashbox TV credits and supporting this and other fine podcasts, please visit patreon.com slash smashbox TV. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. 
No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.